0: hello and welcome to AG PhD radio broadcasting from the Morton studio today I'm Darren Hefty
1: and I'm Brian Hefty thanks for joining us today in the show we're going to talk a little about side dressing corn but even if you are not a corn farmer what the main thing really is is in-season fertilization that's really our topic when it comes down to it today so I don't care what crop you raise we think we've got some great stuff for you today. should be a lot of fun. We'll also get to your questions a little bit later in the show in the Ag PhD mailbag. If you've got any questions for us, you can email us, radio at agphd.com. You can also send us a note on Twitter, Ag PhD Media, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. Or you can give us a call here. We'd love to take your phone call, 844 44 ag That's 844-442-4743 again we are live in the Morton studio today and let's get right into this Darren I want to talk about side dressing corn and I'll I'll make it real simple so I don't care if we're talking corn beans any crop that there is what I encourage all farmers to do is do a good job soil testing to do some plant tissue analysis and then basically just take a look at what is your yield potential if you don't know What your crop can remove for nutrients, you really don't know how much to put out there. So just download the free Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App, take a look at that, see what your soil's got, see how your plant tissue's doing, and go from there. I mean, that's, I mean, in very incredibly simple terms, that's really all we want you to do.
0: Yeah, it's, it's not tough, Brian. The question, though, we get a lot of times is around timing, and just had a question today come in. Early.
1: Be uh, early rather than late. Go yes, ahead.
0: Yes. And, you know, what critical growth stages do we need to have all the nutrients in place by? And All. You know, what I think is you need it every stage all the way through the year. Now that's real simple to say, but let's just say you're renting some ground and it's not the greatest ground in the world and you're trying to do what you can with the planter, but you don't want to overdo things because you're on a one-year contract. You don't want to leave a whole bunch of nutrients out there. Where do you draw the line on this? You know what I mean? It's, It's different. If you own ground, you got ground built up and hey, you know what? I've got everything else in place. All I need to do is manage nitrogen, not that's, that's the easiest of all things. but Okay,
1: let's, let's dive into this just a little bit more. I, I would say this. There's no point in in-season fertilization for things that you have already put into the soil when you have heavy soil and not a lot of rainfall. So where I'm going with this is, let's say you've got leachable nutrients. That would include nitrogen, sulfur, boron, and I should be specific to nitrate leaches, nitrogen doesn't necessarily leach, nitrate does, sulfate does, so it depends on the form you use. But anyway, the point is, the N, the S, and the B, those are the three where you go, yeah, um, a lot of soils can't hold what they need to for the entire growing season. Now, yours might be able to, but there are a lot of soils all around the world that just simply can't hold it. So those are the nutrients most likely to be needed as you go through the season. Whereas on the other hand, you take phosphorus and zinc, just for example, they're not going anywhere. I don't care what your soil type is. So you could put all those out up front if you choose to. So that's really the big distinction here. And so most people like in our case, I'm not even looking at phosphorus, and potassium later in the season, I feel like I've already done what I need to do for my yield goals on my farm, but if, I do need to take a look at these it, other things. And
0: if we miss it, let's fix it in the fall for next year's crop.
1: I only on have nutrients. myself to blame if we miss it.
0: Right. Okay, but here's the other thing, Brian. What about drought? We've gone through these years where we've had so much rain, yeah, and what it's really it? kind of force some growers to make some adjustments. I know this year I've talked to more guys probably than ever that say, you know what, I ran out of nitrogen last year and I never thought that was going to happen and I'm going to switch it up this year and I'm going to do multiple apps and split applications and this kind of thing, which I think personally is a good idea. The downside would be if we get bone <laughs> dry and you go out there with wide Y-drop application and it just doesn't rain after that.
1: Exactly. So here here's the good news though, Darren. When you said drought, the first thing I was thinking of is, well, why do I need anything later then? In that case, it's probably a good idea that I only put on half or two-thirds of the N, the S, and the B that I actually needed up front. And, you know, later on I go, yeah, I haven't had rain in two months. I'm not going to put anything else on. Now, I don't think we're going to be in that position in most areas in the United States or Canada, but if you are, then I agree. But I think what Darren's really getting at here is not drought, it's just lack of rainfall when you need it. If you put nitrogen on the surface of the soil, you're going to start to lose it at some point if you don't get rain. That's the first concern. And the second concern is your crop is growing all the time while you're waiting for the rain and you don't have the proper amount of nitrogen down in the soil. That's a problem. So if you're in a drier area and you have heavier soil, those are two really good reasons to be super early. Now, if you have irrigation and you have sand, those are two good reasons to be a little bit later and put it on almost exactly when you need it. Okay, so you've got to use your best judgment on all these things. But yes, I, I agree, absolutely, rainfall is going to enter into the equation. So let's talk just a little bit more about, I mentioned phosphorus, it's, it doesn't move in the soil very well. So let's just say that you go out there with, you know, a Y drop or something, you're gonna put some phosphorus and you're gonna lay it on the soil surface, yeah, you're not getting any of that this year. So that's a complete waste of money for this year. So if you don't own the ground, don't 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 waste your money. Just save your money. You you can't get more phosphorus out. Now if you want to inject it into the soil, then you've got the possibility that the Ritz will find it yet this year. That you could do. But don't lay phosphorus on the surface of the soil in season a complete waste of money. I don't care what your situation is. Now, potassium, it could be that or it could be good. Here's where I'm going with that. Potassium normally, we say in our area, is non-leachable. We have heavy soil. We have super cold temperatures. We have very little rainfall Normally. Now, if you're the opposite, where you have lots of heat, you have lots of rainfall, and you have very light soils, um, and and let's throw in irrigation as well along with the lots of rain, well, in that case, you could actually leach out some potassium, so maybe an in-season application of that would pay as well. But all this stuff really kind of starts with the soil test. Do some soil testing and don't just look at nitrogen. Look at some of the other nutrients and also look at what is your soil organic matter because out of that organic matter you're going to get free nitrogen and free sulfur every single year.
0: Talking about in-season nutrient applications on today's Ag PhD program and taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD.
4: If you're looking to get the most out of your foliar nutrition and fungicide programs, ask your ag retailer about Nutex EDA from Sipcam Agro. Nutex EDA has been proven to increase foliar micronutrient tissue levels and maintain those levels for an extended
0: period of time. When tank mixed with fungicides, Nutex EDA helps support plant health resulting in higher quality and yields. Nutex EDA is an affordable and effective solution that should be part of every grower's high-yield toolbox.
2: You're all set with the 4x4 turbo diesel truck. How about some options? Spray and bed liner? Absolutely. Tailgate step and Nerf bars? Gotta have them. Tie down hooks and stainless steel toolbox? You know it. Tinted windows? Of course. Options are good. That's as true in the field as it is with your pickup. In addition to taking care of tough weeds, new Open Sky Herbicide gives you more rotational choices than ever before and an easy to handle formulation. <laughs> Goose neck toe package? Yep. Discover more Open Sky details at OpenSkyHerbicide.com. Before it's too late and white mold becomes a problem, you need to ask your seed dealer for Heads Up Seed Treatment. When raising soybeans in the Midwest, you know the risk of being caught unprepared. As heard on Ag PhD, there are several steps you can take prior to planting for a successful management plan against white mold. Compatible and cost-effective season-long protection starts now by asking your seed dealer to apply Heads Up to your 2020 bean seed order. For more information, visit HeadsUpST.com.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're talking about side dressing corn and just basically in season fertility for any crop and what considerations you should have. If you've got questions or would like to join the discussion, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. You can also send us an email radio at agphd.com or find us on Twitter, Ag PhD Media, Brian Hefty or Darren Hefty. Set down in Nebraska. Got our friend Ty Fickenshire with us right now with Luma. Ty, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you? You know, we're doing well. I, I'm thinking about nutrient application. Brian's talking a little bit about, all right, here's here's things to watch out for with side dress. But we're seeing more growers in this area and, and others around the country, too, putting on fertility in two-by-twos, two-by-twos on both sides of the row, a lot of strip-till going on. We're, we're just spreading out our nutrient applications in general. What, what's been your observation with this? What have you seen in terms of results for growers?
5: Well, I know, and definitely in terms of spreading out the applications, uh, we've seen a lot better nutrient use efficiency um getting you know especially on the nitrogen side being, able to get that pounds of in per bushel down quite a little bit um the more we split that out and and uh you know there's been a lot of folks on even getting some in season with you know whether it be wide drops or culture machines or even you know this year quite a bit through uh, through pivots as well but yeah, definitely. The more we can split that out, the more efficient we can become, become with our nutrients and, and when the the crop is going to be using them.
0: How are growers doing in your area? How's planting going along? You
5: know, right around this area, uh, we're pretty much all done right here. Um, I know you don't, don't have to go very far, and there's still some that um, is yet to go in, but I know the field right outside our place here, we're sitting about one leaf corn. And I think uh, this week is probably going to stay about one leaf until we hit the higher temperatures here next week, so...
0: So what are what are you talking to growers about right now? What kind of things are happening out in the field, or what kind of questions are they having, gearing up for the rest of the season?
5: Yeah, definitely the conversation right now is how you know looking at side dressing the, the crop, and uh, you know what what rates, what products, um, you know what blends and, and prescriptions, and everything like that. So really just looking at you know what did we put down early, and and how do we need to supplement that to really get the the, the corn and the even the soybeans coming up. Um, really well throughout the season.
0: Were growers able to get a lot of fertility down either last fall or this spring and what percentage of the N is yet to go out there with the side dress app?
5: You know, a lot of the, probably about half the nitrogen is left got as side dress. Um, And, you know, really this spring, you know, started off as it was looking very similar to last year, uh, the way March came in, but April really opened up. We are able to get a lot of nutrients on, a lot of field work done here in April and and like I said, the, the planting I mean a good share of it was done there by the end of April right in this area but uh, um, yeah that's that's where we're looking at is just how we can get the rest of that nitrogen on and looking at about half of that still yet go on, on the crop in this area.
0: You know the other nutrient we get a lot of questions on is sulfur do you, does that enter into yeah. a lot of these discussions with growers too?
5: Oh it definitely does yeah we we've we've kind of taken the the stance that if we're putting nitrogen out, we need sulfur and in some cases boron, but definitely sulfur. Um, you know, we've we've really seen that improve the crop health, improve the appearance of the crop as well, um, as well as getting some nitrogen sta- uh, stability when the when sulfur is added with the nitrogen.
0: Yeah, a lot of things to think about here as we get uh, crop up, and now we start thinking about feeding it the rest of the season. We're talking in-season fertility, and we've had Ty Fickenshire with us with, with Luma down in Nebraska. Ty, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. You bet. Thank you. Let's head out to Illinois. We've got Keith with us right now. Keith, how are you doing?
6: I'm doing great, Darren. How are you?
0: Good. All right. What's your side dress pro- program? Is it the same amount of N on every acre? What What are you thinking? Are you changing anything up this year?
6: I'm changing a few things up. Uh, I've been I've side dressed with about everything known to man. I've I've, I've used uh, you know urea 28 and anhydrous. Uh, I've got some preplant stuff down with some manure, and and I've used some ammonium sulfate ahead of time and. This topic fit me pretty good today because I actually just got some pre-side dress nitrate tests back yesterday and, uh, just kind of trying to figure out what I need to be doing once once it gets time
0: you know you, you mentioned all the different forms of N and I think about it too for for our farmer just we've got one field of corn yet to, to go in and roughly 100 acres of corn left and we were talking about the N program and it's like well we already put a bunch of ammonium sulfate out there so we've got to count all the N we got there a lot of our ground got manure this year we got to count the N there and we're going to put a pre-emerge herbicide out we're going to put that out with some 28 percent and got more end there. So yeah, it's already split into several different forms. And how how about timings? Now, you, you mentioned doing these pre-side dress nitrate tests. So for you, it's uh, maybe a manure application, a spring nitrogen application, and then an in-season? Or how do things normally go?
6: Yeah, um, I've kind of gotten to where I've done a little bit of the, the pre-emerge with 28. I, I do like that. And then just to incorporate some, some sulfur, I've been doing the AMS thing Ahead of time, and then uh, that's that's basically what I've been doing ahead of time. And then most of our most of our ground we do side dress, and most of it is anhydrous. Uh, it seems to seems to work for us the best. Um, but on timing on that, I'm usually at a, like a V3 V4 stage, and I I actually got caught last year there in the wet 2019, and ended up having to put a full dose of urea on post emerge at about a v7 and uh, I didn't I didn't like that but it it, it got me by but uh, that's that's what I had to do last year
0: yeah, last year was uh, something that I hope we don't have to experience again for a long, long time. Maybe maybe after we're retired, Keith. Maybe when somebody else takes over the farm, that would be, they could they could deal with that once just to know what we're talking about. But, you know, it did screw some things up because I've heard from growers that took spring soil tests. Wow, there's a lot more N left over from last year than they anticipated. How did your pre sidress nitrate test turn out?
6: Well, I, uh, that was one thing I wanted to talk to you about. i I talked to Jim Fashing from Midwest Labs after I sent these in and was just kind of picking his brain about what I ought to, what kind of tests I ought to run. And I'd typically just done the nitrate, but he had told me since I had used ammonium sulfate about 25 days prior to the to running the test, taking the samples, um, and then also with the manure, spring application of manure, he recommended that I do a, an ammonium test too. And I'm, and I'm glad that I did because I'm showing about 20 more parts per million in ammonia than where I, where I did not put the manure on, so uh, I'm glad I took that test, and there's about $12 worth of in I won't have to spend money on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Just, uh, well, like you say, all the different forms of N that you put out there, there are some, some unique considerations and let's be fair, you're going out there fairly early at V3, V4. You're being pretty conservative of, Hey, let's make sure we can get through those fields. I am assuming that's part of it or is part of it that just that you're running anhydrous and it has to be a little shorter.
6: Uh, A little bit of both, but uh, also too, I'm I'm, I'm kind of in an area where I get about 42 inches of rain, but also we can go a month without it. So I'd like to make sure I get it out there, you know, ahead of some decent rains to kind of help spread it out and let that corn plant get a hold of it.
0: Interesting. Okay. Talk to us then about those pre-side dress tests again. So you said you're getting by with $12 less uh, nitrogen where you ran that ammonium test that it kind of alerted you to some other N that's out there. How much N are you going to have to put out? Is it more than you expected this year or less?
6: Uh, probably a little bit more, uh, just, just where I, uh, where I had the manure, I've got about a hundred pounds of in and I, I wouldn't have thought I would, I thought I would have had a little bit more than that from, from my manure tests along with the ammonium sulfate going on top of it and along with that. So I think I'm probably gonna end up having to put another 80 to a hundred pounds more on.
0: Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right, Keith, what else is happening with the crap? Are, are you happy so far with how things look?
6: Well, I, I, it doesn't seem like it's as rosy as what I've been hearing as far as everywhere else. We're still, we're wet right now. It's It's been drizzling rain today, and I planted a little bit yesterday, but it was still plenty wet. Um, I've almost got our corn done. I personally haven't planted the first bean. Um, there are several beans in around me, but uh, we just, uh, we've been, we've, we haven't been anything like 19, but we could use a few more dry days than what we've been getting.
0: All right, talking with Keith in Illinois. Keith, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on. Thanks for sharing a little bit about your pre-side dress nitrate test. That's that's good stuff to hear and good information to get. Good luck here as you head into the spring.
6: Thanks, Darren. Appreciate the time.
0: You bet. Listening to Ag PhD Radio, we're talking about side dressing corn, as you may have picked up on if you're just tuning in, but we're talking about any in-season fertility applications and how to make those decisions uh, in the best and most efficient way for your farm. We'll be right back after this short break.
7: Revitech Fungicide from BASF has been specifically developed for the selective soybean grower who doesn't compromise. If you think good is good enough, if you're okay with just achieving rather than overachieving, if average is your goal, this is not the fungicide for you. Revitech Fungicide, brand new chemistry. Three no excuse modes of action, zero modes of compromise. Sounds like the fungicide for you. Revitech Fungicide from BASF, that's smart. Always read and follow label directions. You deserve to have a building that will last for generations. With more than 110 years of experience and thousands of satisfied customers, Morton Buildings is the industry leader you can trust. Unlike other construction companies, you work with Morton Buildings craftsmen from conception to completion. There's no better time to buy. Lock in your new building for 2020 today. Contact your local Morton sales office or visit mortonbuildings.com. Success isn't just about maintaining your operation, how you make out for the season, or how much you can get from each acre. It's about doing precisely what needs to be done to feed your crop and grow your legacy, all the way down to the last drop. AgroLiquid Precision Crop Nutrition. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com.
4: Introducing the Germinator Closing Wheel from Farm Shop MFG. (laughs) We interrupt this message for an important announcement. In these uncertain times, many farmers are looking to prolong their grain storage. That's why Farm Shop MFG is offering a $12.50 credit per germinator towards the purchase of a grain temp guard alarm DT, up to $200 per unit. Protect last year's crop and start 2020 off right. Go to farmshopmfg.com to order
7: today.
6: Worried about glyphosate resistant weeds and grasses in your corn?
7: Wheat growers know Everest 3.0 herbicide for its
3: relentless, flush-after-flush control of hard-to-kill grasses, like wild oat. But they may not know that for a limited time, they can earn up to $5 an acre when they buy Everest 3.0 and at least one or more other qualifying UPL products, like long-lasting Evito fungicide. That's right, a $5 per acre cash rebate with a 320-acre minimum purchase. Ask your retailer for details or visit uplnorthernrewards.com. But hurry, this offer ends August 31st
0: welcome back you're listening to ag phd radio broadcasting from the morton studio today talking about side dressing corn and in-season fertility applications we're also taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD let's head back to illinois got harry with us right now harry how's it going Going well. Thank you. We were just talking to Keith in Illinois, and he said in his area it was pretty wet. How about in your area? We
8: started planting corn again yesterday and finished yesterday, and now we're starting on beans.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So have you got some corn that's already popping out of the ground?
8: Barely. We started on the 20th of April, and uh, you can row it, but it looks pretty yellow.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a little cool, but the warm weather's coming. It's, it's going to be here soon. And, and you know, about that time, we'll be thinking about side dressing corn. Do you credit any of the yellowness to anything other than just cold weather?
8: I, I think it's just, just cold weather. Yep. 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 All
0: All right. So talk to us about your corn just a little bit then. You got all the corn in, do you put a lot of nitrogen down up front? Do you save a lot of it for in season? How do you guys do things?
8: We put a, usually, if we can, we put 120 pounds or 125 pounds of in 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 uh, anhydrous in the fall on a strip, and then uh, we'll put 20 or so pounds of 28 with our chemical, when we make our first pass, and then we'll come back and side dress the rest of it, which is anywhere between
0: 50 and 60 pounds. Yeah, I'm wondering this year on our farm, and I'm not sure what you're thinking for yours, but I'm wondering how much we'll be side dressing because we had just such a wacky year in 2019. We had so much additional rainfall. Did you get a lot of snow and rainfall since you put on the anhydrous in the fall? And what are you kind of expecting this year? Do you think the side dress will still be 50 or 60 pounds, or do you think it'll be a little more or less than that?
8: Well, I think uh, most of it is still there. We we were pretty wet this spring, but uh, uh, from what I can read and, and talk to people around here, they don't think that we lost a lot. We did, uh, Corn Growers sent out a thing that you could sample your tile water, and I sampled the tile water, and it was about five parts per million, which is about, that's lower than, than I was really used to when we were doing it on a little more regular basis. We'd get maybe 10 parts. uh, So that either means it's all gone or uh, we're not
0: losing that much. All right. right. I'm going to turn to Brian here because I think he lit up, Harry, when you made that comment, five parts per million of the tile water. Brian, that's less than the drinking water standard. That's actually pretty good.
1: Yeah, but we're talking about two different things here. So when we're looking at how much nitrogen we're losing, it all depends on how much water would be going out of the field. But yeah, in terms of drinking water quality, anything 10 parts per million or less is approved in the United States as drinking water quality. So at five parts per million, we don't have any big environmental concern.
0: All right, Harry. Uh, so when you're planting those soybeans right now uh any extra concern that you're you're putting on with those beans you're putting on some extra seed treatment or anything like that or, or are you just confident with the warm weather coming you're gonna be in great shape
8: we're we're not doing anything special as far as seed treatment just the normal seed treatment that we put on which uh insecticide uh, fungicide and in a little bit of inoculant.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I like that complete seed treatment. That definitely makes a difference for us as well. Uh, Well, Harry, uh, good luck to you as you get rolling here on these beans. Glad to hear you got the corn in the ground and and look forward to talking to you again down the road.
8: Well, I got Lots of rain forecast for this weekend.
0: So. Yeah, I know. You know, and we, we could actually use a little. Corn. we'll we'll take a little of that rain, so you don't have to have it, Harry. We'll okay. we'll catch it.
8: All right, I'll send it out your way. <laughs> All
0: right, uh, thanks a lot. Let's head over to Ohio. We got uh, Catherine Wolf with us right now with Agro Liquid. All right, Catherine. So uh, Harry said he's sending the rain our way. Do you need the rain over in Ohio? Or are you guys a little wet too? <laughs> No,
3: we're good without the rain for right now. So uh, it's been a little bit wet and cold last week, but things really just starting to warm up um, this past week. And a lot of guys are getting the field and we're getting stuff done. I mean, especially after all the prevented plant last year, we're taking advantage of every opportunity of nice weather while we still got it. Uh, so absolutely. push back the rain for a few days, but we're being productive right now.
0: Okay, one of the productive things I know we're going to get into soon, and I get it, the corn's really small right now, but it's going to grow fast once we get this heat, and we're going to be talking about side dressing. When you're looking at that, we learned a lot of lessons from 2019 about, hey, we need to split that nitrogen out a little bit to make sure it's going to be there. What are you talking to to growers about concerning side dress?
3: Yeah, so looking into side dress uh, for this year, like you said, making sure that we're splitting it up. Um, trying to put some down either pre-plant or in the planter and then coming back in with that side dress with the remaining portion. Um, Another thing that I think a lot of guys need to be considering and that I've been talking about with growers is putting some other nutrients in addition to nitrogen in our side dress i know with the delayed harvest season that we had last year and it being a really wet fall a lot of guys weren't able to go in and make the applications that they needed to so looking at other things like potassium looking at micronutrients kind of anything that we didn't get on or didn't have time to get on because of weather or other reasons i think is definitely something to consider so definitely i recommend plant tissue testing um, monitoring where all those different nutrients are at and then like i said feeling free to throw in potassium, sulfur, um, boron, some of those extra nutrients that we may be missing into our nitrogen.
0: I know uh, AgriLiquid does so much research on different methods of application, timings of application. When you look at side dressing corn, is there a certain growth stage that you're really targeting here as the, as the sweet spot? Or is there a product or two that you say, you know what, these are things that are working really well for us and these are ways of putting nitrogen on that aren't working?
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we have some really great research. It's at research.agroliquid.com, And it would take forever to go through all the different studies. But in terms of timing of application for side dress, most guys, and we want to hit around that V6 stage, um, we definitely want to get it on before V8 because from the V8 to tassel, there's just a rapid uptake of nitrogen in the corn. So if you get it on there at V8 or later, you're too late. You need to go in and, like I said, preferably shoot for V6. Um, in terms of products or things to be looking at, um, like I said, I really love throwing sulfur in with a side dress program. You know, for every 10 pounds of sulfur, we're looking at about adding an extra pound of sulfur. Um, so whether that be ATS or we have a really great product called Access that can be utilized uh, to provide some sulfur to that crop. Another thing that I think is wise for a lot of growers to think about considering throwing in is some sort of nitrogen stabilizer just to make sure we can protect that nitrogen and keep it there where the plant needs it as long as possible. Um, I know there's a bunch of different stabilizers on the market to utilize. Um, What we have is we have a product called Enhance, which is going to help protect and kind of stabilize that nitrogen in with your 28. So granted, there's a lot of different ways and a lot of different products, and there's not really a right or a wrong, but... Like I said, definitely some things to consider when looking at our side dress.
0: You mentioned adding other nutrients into that side dress, and and you mentioned micros. You threw that one out there. I've got a lot of growers that are pulling plant tissue analysis that are sending in samples to us, during the growing season and many of those samples we're seeing them being short in zinc and boron and those are a couple of nutrients that could potentially go in here as well is there a way you like to do that is there a placement that works best do you prefer those foliar how do you like to get those micros out there
3: so ooh, that's that's a tricky question because like i said that's going to depend on kind of what guys are doing management wise but If I had a preference, um, I really like shooting for micros on corn in the planter if we can get it um, in furrow or either in two by two. Like I said, though, if we can't get them in the planter, putting them in side dress or putting them in, if you're looking at soybeans and a, a foliar is a great way to add those micronutrients in, so... Just kind of depends what management system you're looking at and what kind of fits best with your schedule.
0: Yeah, and for a lot of growers, it comes down to what they have for application equipment or what their options are as well. You bet. Mm-hmm. Talking with Catherine here with Agro Liquid over in Ohio. Catherine, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. Good luck here as you head into the the rest of the season.
3: Yep, thank you so much, and wish you guys a safe and successful planting season that we're finishing up soon. So
0: you bet you as well Catherine we're talking about in-season fertility and side dressing corn on our show today we're also getting a lot of questions in in the Ag PhD mailbag we're going to dive into those mailbag questions coming up here in just a bit you're listening to Ag PhD radio stay tuned
6: When it comes to my weed control, I know a head start can go a long way. That's why I spray early, so I can keep control all season long with a Roundup Ready Extend crop system, the system that makes the
8: difference. This is my field. Choose the Roundup Ready Extend crop system for control of more weeds than any other soybean system. Featuring Extendamax herbicide with vapor grip technology to manage tough to control weeds, including up to 14 days of soil activity, along with the field proven performance of Roundup Ready to Extend soybeans. Now you have the right tools to extend your weed control and extend your yield with the system that makes the difference. Learn how you can put the system to work in your field when you visit RoundupReadyExtend.com. Extendamax is a restricted-use pesticide. Performance may vary. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Check local regulations for specific requirements in your state.
6: Avoid dry-run failures with the new Hypro Force Field pump, providing the ultimate protection. This wet seal pump will save you on costly in-season downtime to keep your sprayer running. Now all you have to worry about is the weather. Hypro, helping you spray better. The last thing
4: you want after harvesting your grain is to spoil it before it goes to market. The Grain Temp Guard from MFG is a low-cost bin monitoring solution that tracks temperature and humidity and alerts you when conditions exceed safe thresholds. Visit
7: FarmShopMFG.com. Success isn't just about maintaining your operation, how you make out for the season, or how much you can get from each acre. It's about doing precisely what needs to be done to feed your crop, and grow your legacy. All the way down to the last drop. AgroLiquid Precision Crop Nutrition. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com.
4: What do you think of when you hear Palmer, Amaranth, or Water Hemp? If you use fierce herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like water hemp and palmer amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of Fierce herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. Your land is a legacy, a
7: challenge from those who tended it before you to build on their foundations. At Corteva Agroscience, we understand what it means to be the stewards of a legacy. We embrace the challenge of building on the foundation of Dow AgroSciences to maintain your trust, to bring new solutions, to help you care for your land. See how we can help build your legacy
2: at rangeandpasture.com.
1: Welcome back to Ag PhD Radio. Brian Hefty here, along with my brother Darren. We are broadcasting live from the Morton studio today. If you've got a question for us or if there's anything you'd like to talk about that's going on in your farm, you can call us here, 844-44-AG-PHD, or send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Okay, so we've been talking about in-season nutrient applications, specifically corn today, but I don't care what crop we're talking about it doesn't make much difference. There's one very important thing that I wanted to stress to you. There's been a lot of talk about plant tissue analysis and we are huge believers in it. We absolutely think you should do plant tissue testing every single week on your farm and I'm not kidding. It will definitely make you money, there's no question about it, and here's how. When you plant tissue sample every week, you don't need to pick a lot of spots on your farm, but pick a few spots and go out every Monday morning first thing. Okay, the time of day does make a difference. So we want consistent results. We want to track how we're doing. And so I would suggest go out at 8 a.m. every Monday morning and do this from now until basically September 1st. Okay, if you do that, you're going to see the highs and the lows through the season. You're going to see which things you're you're short on. Now, you can use that and do some foliar feeding and some side dressing based on that. But here is the most important thing I want you to get from this. Plant tissue testing is not predictive. It only tells you how are you doing that day. So if you say, well, I'm going to base my side dress on my plant tissue analysis and, oh, it's showing I'm good for nitrogen. I don't care. It's not predictive. Soil testing is predictive. Now, nothing's going to be perfect. No system's going to be perfect. No test is going to be perfect. But if you do some soil testing, you're going to have a much better understanding of what you can and should do later on in the year. So, for example, if I do a soil test and I find out what my organic matter level is and what my soil nitrogen level is, let's say it's, I don't know, June 1st, okay? and you go, well, I'm already at V7 at that point. Let's just say, for example, you can look on the different nutrient removal charts, and there are plenty of them out there, and it will basically show you that after V7, you still have, just thinking off the top of my head here, roughly 90% of your nitrogen needs to go into that plant yet. And you go, all right, well, my yield goal is 250 Okay, So you take a look at, well, how many total pounds do I need if I'm trying to raise 250 bushel corn? So that's really the first step. And you go, all right, 250 bushel corn, I just pull up, and this is what I'm doing on my phone right now, I'm just pulling up the Ag PhD Fertilizer Removal App. I go, 250 bushel corn, I need 280 pounds of nitrogen. Okay, So if I need 280, and I've only used, or I've only pulled up about 10%, which means, because I said I'm at V7, and again, I don't remember what the exact number is, but that'll get you pretty close. Okay, so if I go, all right, I need 250 pounds yet to go into that plant from now until the end of the season. Then I'm going to look at, all right, let's say by some miracle, I got 200 pounds already sitting there in the ground, and maybe it isn't a miracle. Maybe you, you actually would have that as of June 1st. Who knows? And then you go, Ooh, I'm 50 pounds short. But you're missing one thing. You're missing what is that soil's organic matter going to release? And so that's why I say, take a look at your soil's organic matter. Maybe you have 5% organic matter, and you're going to get 100 pounds of free nitrogen during the year. Well, now you've got a 50-pound excess. Or put it another way, you have the potential to yield 300 bushel corn if the weather's right. So. These are the things that you got to look at. It's not that tough, and I don't care if we're talking corn or any other crop, wheat, whatever it is. Do some soil testing, and don't just say what's there for nitrogen. Let's look at what do I have for soil organic matter too. And then you got to look at your area. I usually figure about 20 pounds for every percent of organic matter that there is. I'm going to get that much free nitrogen every year. And by the way, you'll also get 2-3 to pounds of sulfur for every percent of organic matter that there is, so that's also a good thing. But Anyway, where I'm going with this is plant tissue testing is not predictive. Soil testing is somewhat predictive in that I can see, okay, here is all this stuff that's sitting in the ground. It's ready to go. The tissue testing doesn't tell you that. So that's why you've got to incorporate some soil testing into this. Now, I'll also say there are plenty of these computer models out there that are going to tell you, well, this is what we think you should have. They're not too bad. I, I'm not going to fault them or anything, but I still trust the soil test a lot more. And nit, uh, pre-side dress nitrate tests are dirt cheap. So I don't care if you're going to do it before you put nitrogen on for your wheat or your corn or, you know, whatever crop it is. Sorghum, I don't care. Do just a little bit of testing. The pre-side dress nitrate test only costs you like 5 bucks. If it was me, I'd also test for organic matter if I don't have a soil test for that already. And I would consider adding sulfur to my test when I'm doing that pre side dress nitrate test. I'd like to look at sulfur, nitrate, and boron especially because those are leachable. You probably need to add some of each of those three nutrients to your field every single year that you're raising a crop, obviously, that needs nitrogen like corn or sorghum or wheat or something like that, okay? So, again, this side-dressing corn or applying fertilizer in season to any crop is always going to be tricky because nobody can predict the weather and nobody can predict what your yield really could be if you did everything right okay so it's always going to be a judgment call now if you want to rely on somebody else for the judgment that's fine I personally always like relying on my own judgment and the reason why is because then I have no one else to blame but myself now, if you look at it the other way and you go, well, I want somebody to blame, well, then that's fine. But at the end of the day, you're the one spending the money. So you've got to be comfortable with whatever that decision is. And I am i mean, we look at nitrogen prices. They're not that expensive this year, but our crop prices are down. So we've really got to look at okay, am I spending these dollars correctly? And that's why we just encourage you, get some more data to do a better job with your overall fertility program. Yep, plant tissue testing can help you, but we look at plant tissue testing more as a long-term deal, more as I'm going to fine-tune my program for next year based on, oh, I see that every week this year I was deficient in whatever, potassium or you name it. But then we want to look at the soil testing for this season's applications in season because soil testing is predictive, plant tissue testing is not. Darren, you got anything else before we wrap it up on on these in-season nutrient applications?
0: No, I think that's a pretty complete discussion. Again, if you have any questions or would like to have more discussion on this, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD.
1: Okay, then the last thing that I will say is this. I just told you it's always going to be a little bit of a guess. Nobody can predict exactly what you should do for nitrogen or sulfur or any of these things because we don't know the weather and we don't truly know what could your yield actually be. So what I encourage you to do is just run some trials on your own farm. Split some fields, do some strips, whatever. I mean, these are the ways that you learn. I, I, I say it pretty often, but you know, quite frankly, farming is about trial and error. If you don't try and make some errors, then you're not going to know what could you have really done. So play around with it a little bit. Now, if you're going to play around with stuff, here's the way I look at it. I want to do what I feel super comfortable with and what I feel like I've proven on our farm on 90% of our acres. But the last 10% of our acres, I don't mind trying a whole bunch of different new things. You always want to keep those trials to a smaller scale. So if they happen to be a complete disaster, you don't go bankrupt. That was one of the things our dad always used to talk to us about is he's like, look, I don't mind that you guys want to try all this this crazy stuff. And he'd call it stupid or dumb or whatever half the time. But it's like, just go ahead because you just never know. Try it out. But just Don't be dumb about it. Try it on a small scale because we just don't want to go broke. That's the main thing. But if we don't try some of these crazy things out we're never going to know that maybe, you know what, we should have been doing this. Or next year, we should do this on a lot more acres. Or if we prove it out for three years, we do it on a much bigger scale. So there have been a lot of things that I thought were stupid at the time, and now we're doing them on our entire farm, and it's really paying. So I would just encourage you, do some soil testing, do some plant tissue analysis, try some stuff out on your farm, and really work hard on trying to fine tune your overall fertility program because chances are that's what you're spending the most money on for an input on your farm so the better job you do with that the better chance you have to make some profit even in a tough year like this one all right so right after this break we're going to get to your questions in the ag phd mailbag
2: Find your full potential and increase your bottom line with branded generic pesticides from Atticus, LLC. Atticus offers a vast portfolio of branded generic fungicides, herbicides, and insecticides for row crops. Atticus puts grassroots experience and common sense logic to work to make product selection easier and on your terms. Growers across the region count on Atticus for relevant and reliable products that deliver results every time. Ask your local retailer about Atticus products and visit AtticusLLC.com to learn more. For value based solutions you can trust, turn to Atticus. Always read and follow label instructions.
4: What do you think of when you hear Palmer Amaranth or Water Hemp? If you use Fierce Herbicide in your soybean fields, you don't have to think about them at all. With two effective modes of action and up to eight weeks of residual control, Fierce takes on even the toughest weeds like Water Hemp and Palmer Amaranth. Take control of your soybean fields and get incentives from Bayer Plus Rewards when you choose the power of Fierce Herbicide. Talk to your local retailer today to put Fierce to work in your fields. Always read and follow label directions. Hey, Adam. New drone? Not just any drone. I mounted a laser on it to take out weeds. Look out for that tree. In the power line!
5: Oh, it's in for the house.
1: There's a simpler way to protect spring wheat from weeds. Perfect Match Herbicide, the broadest spectrum weed and grass control in
2: one product. Learn more at PerfectMatchHerbicide.com. Always read and follow label directions. The laser. When it comes
4: to innovative herbicide formulations, you know New Farm. New Farm brings you Credit Extreme, the herbicide with dual salt technology that makes all the difference faster uptake, quicker rain fastness, and better control in variable weather, something we've all had our fair share of. When you need more powerful weed control for challenges like lamb's quarters and velvet leaf, with excellent safety to round up ready crops, you need Credit Extreme. New Farm and Credit Extreme here to help. Imagine the perfect flow of grain, from the field to the bin. Imagine a single rotor, that ensures both quality and productivity. An advanced system that optimizes harvest settings on the go. You don't have to imagine. With features like AFS Harvest Command, an Axial Flow Combine from Case IH always delivers the perfect flow for your operation.
2: Find out how. Talk to your Case IH dealer today. You need a powerful herbicide to fight the war on weeds. Bellum is Rotam North America's mesotryon herbicide, and it fights against the annual broadleaf weeds attacking your cornfields. Winning this battle means higher yields, lower cost to you, and maximized profitability. For long lasting residual weed control, check out Ivinco, Vilify, and our newest mix, Rixa. For application, flexibility, and season long control, that's Ivinco, Vilify, and Rixa, powered by Bellum. For more information, visit Bellumherbicide.com. That's B E L L U M herbicide.com.
0: Come on in. The Ag PhD Mailbag is about to begin. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. And we have entered the Ag PhD Mailbag time where we take your calls and questions throughout the rest of the show at 844-44-AG-PHD. Or you can send us an email radio at agphd.com. Got an email from Steve in Nebraska, and he kind of asked an interesting question here, Brian. He said, does crusted soil help insulate the ground during cold snaps prior to emergence? Now, normally we don't like (laughs) surface crusting, and I would do everything in my power to eliminate it. But if you already have crusted soil, could that help protect anything underneath?
1: Well, let's put it this way. I've never seen any study on that. I would think it's not going to make a whole lot of difference. Is now, it possible it can make some difference? It's possible.
0: But then when the warm weather comes, you need to get rid of that crust. So now I get it. If you've got <laughs> irrigation, you say, oh, I can just irrigate, no problem. That'll soften it up. Maybe. But I don't think I'd want to take that chance. I think I'd want to improve my calcium percentage, improve my organic matter levels in my soil, and try to get away from that crusting as much as I could. Wait.
1: Say the question one more time. It, it's, Does crusted soil
0: yep. help insulate the ground? during cold snaps. Why do we care?
1: I mean, if so if it's crusted and the seed isn't out of the ground, well it's not going to die anyway. And if it is out of the ground, um, the growing point for beans is already out of the ground, so it doesn't matter. So I'm, I I I don't see where it even pertains. I don't I don't even know where I, it matters. Yeah, now I, on with corn, yeah, the growing point's still below ground, but you've already pushed out of the ground so right at that point it's not crusted anymore so what if, obviously what pushed if, through.
0: let's let's twist it this way a little bit then what if he's talking about soybeans where the ground starts to crack just before they push through so you can actually see the soybean underneath and it's cracked open okay are you a lot more susceptible to frost injury then than if that soil hasn't cracked open oh, of course yes you are Yes, but the
1: good news is it'd probably have to get down to 24 degrees for a couple of hours to truly kill those beans when they're in the cotyledon stage. I'm not that worried about the beans. And don't get me wrong. Is it possible they could die at 26 or 28 degrees? It's possible, just very unlikely when they're at the cotyledon stage to the point where they're just starting. So I I just, I, I, I don't, see where this really matters and i don't even have the certain answer anyway
0: all right well thanks for the question steve hopefully you don't have a problem with crusting out there that's going to hurt you on emergence but certainly the temperatures warming up here will help as well Got one from Scott here who wanted to comment. We were talking about sorghum herbicides and he said, just so you know, bucktrill can throw a lot of damage on the sorghum's plant tissue. It will pull out of it, but you just might not sleep well for a week as that bucktrill burn is out there. Yeah,
1: don't get too worried about it. It doesn't hurt the stock. It doesn't hurt the yield. It absolutely can burn the leaves a little bit. And worse,
0: if you throw something like ammonium sulfate or some kind of fertilizer in. So it's definitely not a time to throw anything else with it that's hot. Well, well, I don't know. With Darren. buck drill? No, we don't like to throw other things that are hot in there. That's, that's well, going to yeah, increase the leaf burn uh, Exactly.
1: Lot. Let's say I put crop oil with it. Let's say I put fun, certain fungicides Even with it. Even ammonium
0: sulfate yep, heats it up. Yep,
1: I agree. All those things will heat it up, but what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Are we going to kill the plant? No. So, you know, if you're uncomfortable with leaf burn, then you have to understand, well, just like right now, we've had 10 days of cold weather. When it's been cool and damp, now we've got very thin leaf cuticles. So all plants are going to be much more sensitive. And so if you go out and spray, it's all of a sudden next week going to turn to 85 degrees here, and guys are going to be out spraying. Plants are going to be small. Leaf cuticles are going to be thin. You're going to see more phytotoxicity. Phytotoxicity than normal and a lot of, I know for sure we are going to get calls next week and guys are going to go whoa what happened I really burned my crop I'm telling you right now you're going to really burn your crop with anything next week that's the way it goes when you're coming out of cold wet weather for a couple of weeks in the spring that the the leaves don't have the thick waxy leaf cuticles on there because it's been cool and damp I'm not too worried about it but if you are really sensitive to that, or let's put it this way. Let's say you have a big landlord who drives right past a certain field every day, and you don't want that person to give you a hard time. Then don't spray that field next week. <laughs> Wait as long as you can, and or switch what products you're spraying so it's something that won't cause some of that leaf burn.
0: All right. Thanks for the question or thanks for the comment, I should say, Scott. Really appreciate that. This one from Cody He said, I have trifluralin that was recommended for me to use when I'm planting my sunflowers for weed control. However, I'm just planting a small amount of sunflowers like a one acre plot. And I'm just wondering about how to handle this trifluralin. Does it need to be sprayed before I plant or after? Yep. If I'm mixing it with water, how many ounces per gallon of water should I be using? Oh, boy. And uh, what tips should I use?
1: Okay. Well, let's start with this. It has to be applied pre-plant. You have to work it in. So, in other words, you have to till it, preferably right away within an hour or less after you've sprayed it would be great. In terms of how much water, I don't really care. Five or ten gallons, doesn't matter to me. But the number one thing that I got concerned about there, Darren, is when he said, how much do I put in a gallon of water? That, that scares me to death, and here's why. Because if you get ten times too much trifluralin on, you might kill your crop. If you get one tenth of the rate of trifluralin on, you're not going to kill any weeds. So you've got to be precise. And this is one of the big things where there are a lot of people who, let's say, spray stuff around their home and they're mixing in some 2,4 D, and you never know how it is. Well, it's no big deal because it's just a lawn that they're spraying. But We just can't have those kinds of mistakes out in the field because we have a lot more dollars at risk out there, and it's also a much bigger environmental concern. So I would just tell you, be very careful with what you're doing. If you're running a 10-gallon tip, then that tells you that you should be running 10 gallons of water with the appropriate rate, which would most likely be a pint and a half, of trifluralin. But I don't know how you're going to get that stuff applied. This is where you might want to hire somebody to do it accurately just to make sure you get it right.
0: All right. Thanks for the question. I really appreciate that, Cody. Got one from Eric and – or I'm sorry, from Charlie here, and he farms in Alabama. He said, I'm a new subscriber to your Ag PhD Insider magazine. I really enjoyed this. In the March issue, he had an article about yellows versus group 15s for soybeans. Okay. I'm wondering if you have articles in the archives for pre-emerge products on <clears throat> corn. I'm having some serious problems with pigweed and sicklepod. Now, one of the things, Charlie, that that is tough with sicklepod is HPPDs are not the greatest on that. So things like Liberty, Status, Dicamba, uh, Group Fifteens, actually. Atrazine, there's, there's a number of products that are decent. So I would start off with a little different program than some of these combo pres that have high rates of HPPDs, low rates of group 15s. You may use something like Verdict instead, where you've got a group 15 also with some Sharpen to try to burn down any sickle pod and get some residual out of that. You could just go with the strong rate of a group 15 and come back in crop with status, and you can do a nice job cleaning up sickle pod, at least on the corn end of your rotation. So you have less of it going into your broadleaf crops. With the pigweeds, Brian, these combo products with the HPPDs, I think they've worked quite well. What Do you have a, something you like better than that for the, for the pigweeds, or could you go with the group 15? Well, you know
1: what I would like, of course. Verdict would be the best thing for pre-emerge. And you know the pre-emerge choice depends an awful lot on what your post-emerge choice is. So if you say, well, post-emerge, I want to use an HPPD, then I'm never gonna recommend an HPPD pre. If you say, post-emerge, I'm willing to use status, Or some other dicamba product, Diflex or whatever, even though that costs more than the HPPD, I would like to use that. Well, then I could use an HPPD Pre. And for that matter, Darren, you mentioned Verdict. If I wasn't going to use the HPPD Post, I could throw in some HPPD Pre along with the Verdict. Then I'd have 99.9% control on my broadleaves up front I mean at least the small seeded broadleaves so it all depends on what you're trying to do but what I always ask guys is what's your number one weed problem maybe what's the top what are the top two or three weeds let's make absolutely sure we've got the very best program for that
0: thanks for the question really appreciate that Charlie get one from Reese since we talked about status here Reese says hey do you have to plant special corn in order to use status or could you spray it on any field corn
1: No, you you can spray status on any field corn. It does have a safener for corn. What it is, is it's a little bit of dicamba. Diflufensapyr is the main weed killer in there, though, so it's two modes of action. Then it's got a safener for the dicamba, and yes, it can be used on any regular corn that's going to be out in your field, any number two yellow corn uh, varieties. Just fine, no problem. I would tell you this though, the label's going to say you can spray past V5. We like spraying by V5 just to be on the safe side for both the health of the plant and also to reduce any potential drift issues.
0: Thanks for the questions. Really appreciate that today. And thanks to you for listening. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more AG PHD Radio. Now stay tuned for Rob Sharkey and shark Farmer Radio.